Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and thank you for tuning in to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. Today I'd like to welcome Aaron Weideman, who is the CEO and founder of Renaissance Man Company. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. So this is going to be a really interesting topic today. For those listening who love whiskey, you'll absolutely enjoy today's conversation. Aaron's innovative whiskey aging process aims to help change the world one whiskey at a time. So let's find out how Renaissance Man Co. is turning passion into purpose and profit, most importantly for you. So first, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay. So I spent some time in the Marines. I was a jet engine mechanic for F-18s. At that time, I had a couple deployments over to Japan. And it was over in Japan that I fell in love with this technique called Yakasugi. Um, it was created in the 18th century in Japan, and it was a way to weatherproof their siding. They would just take their cedar, and they would scorch the outer layer into an alligator skin like charcoal. Okay. Anyways, it was absolutely beautiful. I fell in love. And so then after the Marine Corps service, I came back to Michigan and I got a degree in business finance and tried the office, office job life. I wasn't a good fit. So I, that's where I got my first taste of entrepreneurship is I started doing woodworking in my garage to pass the time and documented it on Instagram with the process and the journey. Within about a year, it blew up into a global custom woodworking brand. And at that point, I was ready to expand into other businesses, which is where Renaissance Man comes from. I sat down with uh, my longest friend, who's a biochemistry nerd and also a whiskey lover. And ultimately, it came down to, let's open, uh, let's open a distillery. <laughs> yeah, that sounds easy, but actually it's not easy. There's, there's a lot of work involved in all of that. So talk to me about those early days of the distillery and, and how that led you to where you are today. Well, the hardest part about opening a whiskey distillery is cost um, for the extensive aging time that goes into making a whiskey mature. Um, we did not have the capital or time to wait about five years before generating our first dollar of revenue. So we're looking for an innovative way to circumvent that. So through our curiosity, we came up with a hypothesis with my expertise in wood fibers and how fire affects them and his expertise in biochemistry. We came up with an idea and we experimented with it. Through the first experiment, it was a success. Within eight hours, we started seeing the whiskey change color and start to mature. And so then to find out an unbiased tasting profile from someone that isn't us, because of course it's our baby. We're going to be like, yeah, this is amazing. Of course you liked it. Um, we did a 20-person little taste test, and uh, it went amazingly well. Everyone thought it was incredible. The, the terms that came out were smooth, caramel, vanilla, nutty, and uh, a couple even said it reminded them of Woodford Reserve, which was a huge compliment considering wow. the whiskey was only matured for four weeks. Now, that was 18 months ago. So at this point, it's been a long journey of paperwork and investors and Finding a place, uh, the commercial real estate in the point right now is, is, is hell. So we got lucky to meet Dan Dooley, and that's, that's how we got to the Wrigley Center. So now we're finally in the process of the regulatory stage of building and getting equipment and licensing and all that. So for those people that are listening that, that wonder, well, then how do you normally make whiskey if you're not using this innovative process? So can you just tell people how that process normally works? Yeah. So from the basics, it's grains with water that turns into a beer and essentially that's distilled to distill. And then what comes out is a clear distillate. It's then put into a 53-gallon white oak barrel and sat for years. It's the process of the whiskey going in and out of the wood like a sponge 
from the changes in temperature that cause the whiskey to extract wood flavor and leave behind impurities in the charcoal that's on the inside of the barrel. So the longer that's in the barrel, the more evolutions it can go through and become mature. And the problem, if you want to call it that, with that process is that it uses an awful lot of wood. Yes. Um, So that's a big issue that's coming up right now. Uh, Three million barrels, about three million barrels a year are made for the bourbon industry. And it comes from mature white oak. White oak takes 70 to 100 years to become mature. And in that time, it becomes at a mature state about three feet wide, some spanned farther than four feet wide, and they're 50 to 80 feet tall. But with that massive tree, they only get about 1.5 barrels out of each tree. And it's due to because the cooper is fighting leakage. So he has to use the straightest, best fibers. He can't use like knots or anything because that'll leak. And so that boils down to about one and a half barrels per tree. Because of this and the increased demand for bourbon, we're running out of our resource. Um, so like, for example, there's a survey, forestry survey in 2021, and 75% of the forests, white oak forests in America are classified as mature, meaning they hinder the growth of new trees. And then 87% of those forests are producing zero saplings. So with the increase in bourbon demand, decrease in supply, we have an issue that's coming up here. However, with our invention, which is supposed to be the answer to this, uses 98% less trees in a fraction of the time. Yeah. So that sounds like the classic example of an innovation, right? And that's what entrepreneurs are known for. But you're going to have a lot of old timers out there who have been probably drinking whiskey forever who are going to be doubtful of your process. So how do you win them over? Through proof of concept um, and awards. Um, So ultimate goal for our business is to be a supplier of our invention to distilleries, wineries, and breweries all across the globe. Saves time, saves money for production costs because you don't have to wait as long and you don't need as big a facility to store. um, And it saves the resources. So to get to that point, we are combating 200 years of whiskey aging tradition here in America. So first things first is create a brand that's solely centered around this invention, which is our distillery tasting room. Create that brand, make it grow into a national brand so that we are something to be known of. And then enter into award competitions, which we've already done with a, um, a case scenario. We did an experiment. We took a really crappy white whiskey off the shelf and we matured it with our invention for eight weeks and entered it into an international spirits competition and took home an international silver medal for American whiskey. That was an ultimate blind test because they had no idea. And so it validated the product for us and the uh, industry. And we will continuously do that so that eventually those that are prejudiced because it's not real whiskey in their mind will just have to taste it. Yeah. So um, it's tough to break into that space. It's highly competitive. Uh, as you said, there's a lot of new product out there. I mean, every day goes, that goes by, I hear of a new distillery popping up somewhere in mm-hmm. Metro Detroit. And, you know, globally, I can't imagine how many there are. So how do you think you're going to be able to distinguish yourself? I mean, the product's one thing, but people have to learn about the product in this massive marketplace of options. So how are you going to do that? Um, differentiation. First off will be a luxury brand to begin with, because that differentiates us from the average right off from the get-go. With small batch, 1,500 bottle release every three months. So we get to live in that world, less competition to begin with. On top of that differentiation is our goal for assisting the community that we live in or business lives in and the sustainability aspect. On that point, you've got a couple of varieties that you've, you're currently marketing. Is that correct? Um, no, we're not currently on the shelves yet because uh, we're still in the process of building a distillery at the Wrigley Center. Um, okay. So the most that we can do right now for those that are interested is they can go on the website and reserve a bottle for the first batch that will be released. Okay. That, that confused yeah. me. I looked at your Facebook page and I thought I saw a couple of bottles with labels on them, then I assume those were yours. Well, that was um, 
so the bottles, the labels on them, that's our, um, like our mock-up for our, our product labeling. You know, we're okay. still, we're working on design as, as of right now. And the whiskey that's in there is just taking a white whiskey off the shelf and experimenting with maturations and variables, such like that. So when will people be able to start tasting? The goal is by the end of February, when the Wrigley Center opens up here in Port Huron. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. How did that come about that you and Dan met and that you toured the space and decided that was the right fit for you? So we've been searching around for about three months for a space. And then I contacted the underground here in Port Huron. And Can Chan sent our business plan to Dan. And then he reached out to us and said that we had to be in the space. So we scheduled a walkthrough and we a meet and greet and went through all the numbers of his space and his goals for the community. And we just thought it was a perfect fit. Me being a vet, he being a vet, and how he wants to shape the community to thrive and become better is right on the same thing that we're trying to do. Okay. What is it about that space that excites you, though? Is it the location? Is it the fact that it's all going to be new? Uh, what's the opportunity there for you? Well, first off, it's a, it's a gorgeous space. Yeah. And I love the idea of a food hall because then all the businesses are working together to build it up. So with it having five restaurants and four something bars and a retail shopping district and apartments up above, it seems like a really good place for a brand new business like my own to be able to lean and work together with other businesses that are starting up. We're all kind of working together. Yeah. Um, and then the design aspect, as far as how it's going to look, was a perfect fit. Plus, it, us getting in so early, I was able to lean on um, my wife's architectural design um, because she's a commercial designer for commercial buildings, is we were able to go through and shape it exactly how we want. Okay. Give it to Dan, and they implement it into their building plans that they're already still working gotcha. on. Yeah. So. Nice. So you've got a lot to be excited about entering the market. Um, I saw that you had a fundraising campaign that you that you put out there and you raised uh, quite a bit of money through that. And is that like angel funding to get you started? And do you have any uh, venture behind you at this point? So we did a crowdfunding fundraiser on what is called WeFunder. It's a website where you, know, you can do uh, the CF. And we mainly pushed it out to our friends and family. Okay. Um, the goal was to increase their wealth with the growth of our company because we're classified as a corporation. So have them own a little bit of the company as it grows. We raised uh, $127,000, and it was fantastic. Great start to the business. And now, um, being that we're so close to the distillery opening up, now we're kind of shopping around for venture. So we have some events that we've gone to, more that we're going to go to, trying to find that last final partner to invest into our company and set it up for the next three years. And what's the raise that you're, you're trying to get to? Well, ultimately, all we need at this point is, would be fifty grand to seal the deal for the next two years. Okay. But if we can get that 250000 then that means I can start hiring the management staff to make this thing really flourish. Okay. So for those people at home, that's what we have to do. We have to get 250000 raised so that we can uh, drink Renman whiskey. So what are you excited about for the future? Well, first thing, just uh, the boy I mean, is really excited to own a distillery. That's uh, it's pretty yeah. exciting. But really, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to affect the community. I went to the city council meeting and saw, you know, how Port Huron is doing. And we plan to deviate revenue from Renman to affect the community in any way that we can, whether it's painting a building or um, planting a garden or building up the small business in our area through our business resources in our capital, whether it be marketing or business structure, what have you. And that's what I'm most looking forward to is uh, causing change with the money that we raise. Yeah. And I, I, I get that from the research that, that was done leading up to today's interview. You seem like you you take to heart the need to give back and to work with the community. And in this case, there's a lot of environmental benefits yes. to the work that you're going to be doing. So obviously, those things are really important to you and to the company. Well, I see 
I guess the motto behind Renman, why it was really created, is the idea of true profit. Um, so when most companies think of profit, they think of monetary profit. Dollar in, two dollars out, that's profit. We want to apply that same concept to everything that we use. So for our natural resources, our trees, uh, one tree allows us to make 32,000 bottles of whiskey. And we plant a tree for every 10 bottles we sell, which means one tree in, 3,200 trees out. We're profiting trees. Same thing with our human resource, uh, which comes into the community development. So yeah, that's what I'm most excited for is to create this company that affects more than just the bottom line. Yeah, well, we really appreciate that. Um, that's, we want all of our business to be more socially conscious. So it's really you know, encouraging to hear that from you today. So last question, um, we're almost out of time, but um, I think people are going to want to know how can they get a hold of your product? Mm-hmm. Will it be as simple as they have to go to the Wrigley Center initially, or are you going to set up uh, distribution chains and so forth? So to start off, I mean, as of right now, they can reserve a bottle on our website. Okay. Um, and we will get it to them every legal means possible. Um, here in Michigan, that would mean you have to stop in the distillery, or we can ship it to their local liquor store. Then once we're open, they can stop in at the tasting room, of course. And then as time goes on through revenue generation, we will slowly branch out and distribute throughout Southeast Michigan and eventually the entirety of Michigan. What's the website address? Renmandistilling.com. That's R-E-N-M-A-N distilling.com. You have it here first. That's what you have to do if you want to get some of this product and try it out. So once again, thank you for joining me on today's podcast. This has been really interesting. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And like yourself, my son was in the in the U.S. Marine Corps. So oh, I, Semper Fi. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate In fact, I got the hat at home to prove it. <laughs> so I really appreciate your uh, service to the country. And thank you. Thank you very much. Sure. That'll wrap up the podcast today. I'm Dan Casey with EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for the next podcast of Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.